0: You're tuning in to this week's Revival Recap. Let's hear what's happening in the life of our church. Well, hey everyone, welcome to our Revival Recap. Today we're chatting about highlights from our Saturday night meeting. I'm Clint Davis. I'm here with the one and only senior leader of Bethel Austin, Renee (laughs) Evans.
1: crowd goes wild. How are you? Hi, I'm so good.
0: Oh man, what a great weekend. I'm, I'm stoked. I'm stoked. I mean, I'm, I'm still buzzing from it.
1: Oh, you did such a great job. Me too. I had a blast. I mean, it was obviously a subject that I'm very passionate about. So I'm just, um, yeah, I'm really thankful for the opportunity that I got to kind of share my heart on that topic and yeah, really happy with how it went, and I haven't had a, a, a bad email yet, so fingers crossed.
0: <laughs> There's still time. There's still oh, gosh, there is. <laughs> Straight to spam.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right.
0: I love it. You did such a great job. I, um, I, I, I said to Rochelle on the way home, I think we texted you as well, I said that was a home run, but yeah. I don't think it was a home run. I think it was a grand slam. I think the bases were loaded, and that was, that was a grand slam. It was amazing. You did such a good oh, job. Oh, thank you. I actually, I feel like, I feel like you gave us so much depth, but I feel like there was even more depth that you gave us.
1: That was my greatest challenge in preparing for this. I literally have hours upon hours of teaching that I could sit and go into like all the details of culture and, you know, how Jesus came and overthrew culture and not just... Um, the issue of women, but the issue of slavery, every, you know, across the board, how he just kind of came and disturbed um, society in the best possible way. And so it was a real challenge to cut my notes down (laughs) to an hour. I
0: bet, I bet. I I, I, I don't know how you did that. I would not be able to do that. (laughs) So um, you preached a message titled, aptly titled and simply titled, Woman in ministry.
1: Yes. I couldn't think of a funnier title. So (laughs) we had to go with just the plain old in your face.
0: Right. You know. It is. It is in your face. (laughs) This is the response when you announced it.
1: And so tonight I am gonna be speaking on women in ministry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Come on. wow yeah oh yay obviously i'm gonna
0: be i love that you know to me like when i listened back to it i was like wait a minute that is not just honor that is not just um applauding the bravery that you put up but that's hunger
1: yeah yeah i mean i think it's I think it's one of those things where it's like some issues um, don't always get addressed in the church, and so but they're on everyone's minds. And so sometimes when they come up in, in sermons, I think people just are excited that we're talking about real issues that are happening in culture and society today.
0: So, yeah. And it wasn't yeah. just the woman applauding. Yeah. I was applauding. The men were applauding. It was epic. I love it. I love it. And that was the beginning before you even preached. I know.
1: It was a very encouraging <laughs> note to start on. <laughs>
0: Uh, So great. So um, let's unpack a little bit. Um, Why this message? Why your heart behind it? Why now?
1: Yeah, I think, I think, um, I mean, I mentioned it on Saturday night, but, you know, I have a very vested interest in this message. I mean, I am a pastor. um, even if some people do not want to call me that, like I am the co-senior leader of a church. Um, And so I I think that that lends me the liberty and the freedom that I get to speak on these issues, which is exciting for me. And I don't want to take that favor and that platform for granted. Um, So, I mean, it's my job, so I'm very interested, but I also have a daughter, you know, And, and so that's a really big deal for me. Like I want to leave this world a better place for her. And if I have to fight some hard fights so that she can kind of not have to deal with this crap when she gets, (laughs) you know, older and stepping into her destiny, then I'm, I'm going to fight for that as well. So yeah, it's, I love it. I'm passionate about it, like I said, but, um, I think it's a big deal. And I think the Lord is on it. You know, um, I actually found out a couple of days after I preached that the prophetic conference in Bethel, Reading, uh, that, There was a theme around that, which was women uh, prophesying as well. And um, I've just seen people tagging me in posts about books that are being released on women in ministry. And I feel like the Lord is just breathing on it. It's like a very now time in the spirit to address this subject.
0: I love that so much. And Eric and Candace are coming in this weekend and uh, she's going to be ministering. So it's all flowing. I love it. I love it. There's there's power. There's power coming through. Um, Now, you did speak about. Um, worldviews in particular and the scriptural worldview as well and how that shaped that world, Paul's worldview as well Mm -hmm. as in um, how that led to what he would then say in the scriptures Um, and you did a great job on unpacking all that but how about your worldview?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I kind of uh, obviously grew up in a different culture, if you haven't uh, gathered by my accent. but That's
0: far south, right? That's just really far deep, south. Deep
1: south, That's yes. deeper south than mine is. It is. <laughs> I south. know. And so I do realize that that um, plays into it a little bit. But if I'm completely honest, I also think it gives me the ability to talk on some of these subjects um, and maybe have a little bit more uh I don't want to say favor, but I'm able to address some subjects because I am an outsider coming in and an outsider coming in and living in a now culture here in in the Bible Belt, if you will, in the south of um, the United States. And so I do get this unique perspective of growing up in a different culture but being fully submersed in this one. And so I I definitely grew up in a culture that... uh, was perhaps a lot more liberating towards uh, women, specifically around women in ministry. Um, but I mean, you would know as well. Just even kind of coming from a southern hemisphere culture. I mean, it's, I can't put that blanket statement on all the nations yeah. in the southern hemisphere. But you know, like we do, we definitely. I mean, our monarchy is ruled by a woman. So you like, if you want to start there, like that's a pretty big deal. So. Well, we were both <laughs> we were
0: both colonized by Britain, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, <clears throat> we'll uh, we'll leave that there as well.
1: Yes,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you're absolutely right. It does give you a different perspective, and this is home for both of us now in the yeah. states. And your heart lends itself to wanting this to be healthy. Yeah, um, but you can't deny that there's this perspective that we have of coming in and seeing something with fresh eyes, in a way. And you can only hope that that will be embraced. Um, in order to go okay hang on maybe we are familiar with this topic maybe we need to look at this again
1: yeah yeah definitely I think I think wisdom is that we take from all different cultures the good you know and I think I'm really proud of my country and how we've kind of addressed this issue in the past. And, you know, I'm not going to say as well that we don't have this issue, period. Right, right. It's just not as prevalent as it is in um, in the South. So,
0: Right. yeah. And it's also not to say that this problem um, of women in ministry and or let's say the lack of women in ministry mm-hmm. is not exclusive to the States. This is a worldwide issue.
1: Totally. Well, I mean, it didn't originate in the States, did it? I right. Mean, yeah. So that's just. Proof. I mean, I think that we just have to look across, like most of Asia and the Middle East, and we see this kind of being played out in every sphere of life, not just within the church. And so, right. but I, am passionate that you know we're the head and not the tail. women so We're meant to be creating culture and not following it. And so, my heart is is that we create a new norm, and hopefully, you know, the other nations pay attention to that. Like I believe that America has an apostolic calling on its life, and I believe that. What happens in America but also like what gets changed in America uh, can affect the nations and so I really I really believe in the great call that the U.S. has to the world and so it's my heart that if we do see some change and movement and the ability for us to create culture here that it'll ripple, have a ripple effect.
0: So. Absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more. That is my heartbeat as well. You, I mean, it, it doesn't take a genius to look around the world and go, "Oh, all these products that are glorified in other parts mm-hmm. of the world that stem from America," and then you look at the church and you go, "Okay, why is there a guy in the middle of Africa in a three-piece suit preaching in the midday sun, TBN American <laughs> style?" You know, well, it's because of the influence. Totally. And so, if the church in America can turn back back to health
1: Mm -hmm.
0: um on some of these topics we're going to see that ripple through the world oh yeah
1: yeah i believe that
0: now one of the things that is so key and we touched on already and we it sounds like we are we are like promoting australia and south africa (laughs) (laughs) you should move there it's wonderful it is pretty awesome awesome. to america (laughs) (laughs) right right But the truth is that when we, this is my experience, tell me what you think about this, when we speak about topics like this in America, it seems like there's almost an aggression or a defensiveness that comes about it. You talk about the feminist movement or Black Lives Matter or those sort of Mm. things. Um, there is like an opinion that throw, that's thrown out there, but the actual dialogue doesn't happen. I think the strength when it comes to race in South Africa or equality in Australia, seeing as though we speak about women in ministry, mm-hmm. there's a dialogue that's followed. There's a discussion that's followed. And out of that has stemmed some balance. into Yeah. It.
1: Well, I mean, I think your nation is probably like the best example, you know, talking about race and and the equality in that area, I think that you guys have done really well and come a really long way um, in that. Like, I mean, I think America has too though, you know, like in terms of civil rights and I think they've come a long way, but um, do we have further to go on that issue? Yes, definitely. I think we have further to go on on most of the issues we've begun to address, but um, there can always be more, there can always be more action, you know, and so hopefully, We can just see that, see the words and the opinions and the discussion turn into action.
0: Right. Now, Renee, um, look, women are meant to be quiet in church. (laughs) They're not meant to lead. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, it's absolutely mind-blowing. Some of the things that we've continued to entertain in the church, and often just because that's the way we were brought up.
1: Yes. And
0: that passed down of movements. Yeah. But um, there's time to break the mold, right?
1: Totally. Yeah. Always. We should always be evolving, you know, and always asking the Lord, you know, what he's breathing on and what he's doing. And I believe that he reveals different truths to different generations, you know, and I feel like one of the mandates that is on our generation is equality. And that's not just equality for gender. That's equality for humanity. I mean, it gets brought up in the issue of race. Uh, gender equality abortion all of it like we're fighting for the equality of the human race you know and at the end of the day i think that that's what the lord has commissioned us to do because um, like i i mentioned in the sermon like the the cross as soon as we bring someone to the foot of the cross it's equality you know like right. it was leveling the playing field for everyone and it was no longer the rich get access to God. It's no longer the rabbis, the extra spiritual people get access to God. It's no longer those who were given an education get access to God, but it's like every single person has access to God through Jesus. And I mean, yeah, I, I could preach on that. But Right, yeah.
0: absolutely. And I love what you said there, that equality is tied to identity. Yeah, It's not necessarily tied to the cause as such. Right. There's a difference between fighting from a feminism standpoint and fighting from an identity standpoint.
1: Yes, I always joke that I'm like the anti-feminist feminist. <laughs> so, so um, you know, I don't, I don't believe in in uh, the feminist movement that would degrade or um, walk on or trample over men to get equality. I don't believe that that's the way that it should be done. But um, yeah. Yeah. I, I forget half the question now. (laughs) My mind is already on different trails.
0: Yeah, that's all good. Yeah. Um, Man, there were some bombs that you dropped. Um, The enemy's most ancient battleground is against woman. And you made reference to Eve.
1: Right, yeah.
0: I I mean, mean, I'd never thought of that.
1: Yeah, I think that um, it is a big issue. And that's why it's not just a women's issue. It's an us issue. Like we both both men and women sinned and fell short of the glory of God and both men and women need redemption. And I think that to assume that the enemy doesn't have an agenda when it comes to women who carry and sustain life, I don't think it's any mistake that it's it's against the woman. You know, um, I'm, I'm all for, um, equality and that means putting you know men and women on equal playing field but i don't think that the enemy is for equality
0: right and so
1: that's what we're kind of looking into it's not just it's not just us as humans it's like what's our idea of and it's what is the enemy's and where in a sense is a link that he can go after and i was just i was saying this before but part of my notes that i had to cut out is like his greatest you know he fell the enemy fell because of pride You know, he put himself on the same level as God, um, wanted to be worshipped like God. That's what got him kicked out of heaven. And um, it's because he devalued other people in order to exalt himself. And when we start talking about women's issues in the church, we're like, well, the men are devaluing women in order for them to be more powerful and them to be more whatever you want to call it, strong, intellectual Um, more common sense, less emotional, whatever labels get put on it. But the enemy is appealing to the pride of man, you know, and I think that that is a big issue. He's not just coming against women in this, he's coming against men's identity and telling men, hey, you've got it more together, you're a superior race, you're a superior gender than women are. And he's appealing to their pride because he knows that if he can get men to think more of themselves and less of other people, then he pulls them into the very same sin that he fell into, and that's and that's the issue of pride. So it's a pride issue um, when it comes to the men who kind of want to exalt themselves in those positions as well.
0: Yeah, I get that, and. Um what's interesting is we can't we can't correct this thing by doing it the way the world seeks to do it totally. we need to set the tone in this yeah so when you speak about the feminist movement and that, that we're not trying to do that we're not no. trying to follow suit with that we're trying to we're also not trying to swing the pendulum completely the other way right we're trying to find what is the wise healthy way to correct this imbalance because we are actually, we actually have an unbalanced diet, in a sense,
1: yeah, because of this. And I think that if we can take it from a, a man and a woman kind of platform and just put it onto a humanity platform, I mean, every single person was made in the image of God, both male and female. Um, and so it's just it lends itself to the thought that if we're all the same, then we should all... Be at the table for what we can contribute equally. I don't, I mentioned this as well on Saturday night. I don't think women should just be at the table, so to speak, because they're a woman. I think that they should be there because they're anointed to be there, they're gifted to be there, and they're actually contributing. But it's the same for the men as well. I don't think a man should be there just because he's a man. He should be there because he is educated to be there at that table for that topic, you know, and obviously there are hundreds of thousands of metaphorical ta- tables in society that they should be at but they should be there because they're contributing not because they're like a token nod to gender equality.
0: I thought that was brilliant and it was a brilliant balance that you brought in as well and I loved that um, and you said as well that they. Um, or I think you said this, or did I just think it? I think you said it. But there's a- <laughs> if
1: it was wonderful, then I said it. <laughs> then you said it. Then you
0: said it. Okay, so you said this—that um, there's there's a process as well to learning and gaining knowledge in order yeah. to be at the table.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think coming prepared is, is our biggest gift that we can bring to society. Like what are some of the issues that you love? Like, let's get educated on those. Like what are some of the areas that like, you know, you have a dog in that fight. Like let's educate ourselves on what that fight is and how that fight started and how it came about and how we can change it. And let's, let's not just kind of come in just, Whoa, Jesus loves everyone. Like it, equality for all. Yes. Like, let's do that. But like, he also gives us wisdom and we need to exercise our wisdom and we need to partner with God to, to really start addressing some big issues that we have going on in society. Not simply because we're Christians, even should we have a seat at that table? We should have a seat at that table because we're bringing change and we've got something to contribute. And obviously we know that we're contributing Christ and the cause of Christ which is the great greatest contribution to humanity yeah. that there is but like let's educate ourselves on that and so i think sometimes we're a little naive um like if you want to be in leadership and you're a woman like what courses are you re- taking on leadership what books are you reading on leadership who are you leading who are you being faithful to lead in the season that you're in you know and it could be your kids and it could be your Co-workers. It could be anyone, but like let's be faithful to the places that he has called us to go and let's, let's steward them and hold them dear, you know. Let's not just go in just expecting kind of a free ride, but let's go in and, yeah, give our best.
0: Yeah, and I think some of what that does is it's not just about getting to the table, but it's how you – are able to stay at the table and how you're able to be valued there the last thing that we'd want is rush uh, whatever if it's a woman or if it's whatever it is um, to the table and then all of a sudden it's like oh I'm not prepared I don't know what to say I don't know how to stand my ground and then all of a sudden you're actually in a worse position than you were originally
1: yes and I mean I don't I I'm careful how I say this, but at the same time, then it also gives people reason to believe that you shouldn't have been at the table, and for right. them to be like, "I told yeah. you so," <laughs> you yeah. know. Like we don't want to give anyone a cause to say, "I told you so," as to why we shouldn't be there contributing.
0: Absolutely. Now, this is probably one of the biggest, <laughs> one of the biggest bombs I've ever, ever heard in any preach, any time. All right. Okay. <laughs> no pressure. But Jesus DNA.
1: Oh yeah.
0: I yeah. was I think my I think my chin beard included hit the floor. But it is so true and I never thought of this that God created Jesus the only DNA because it yeah. wasn't passed from the man's seed. Mm-hmm. The only human DNA was the woman's DNA.
1: Yeah.
0: And I mean we don't need to go down some big theological thing this is enough of a basic truth to understand mm-hmm. it. It's so powerful.
1: Well, and what I love about it is there's so many layers to it, because back in that culture, if we're talking about the Greek and the Roman culture, they believed that the fall of humanity happened through a woman. So Jesus right. came through a woman to bring redemption. And so I just love how many different layers. Yes, it's, it's woman's role in humanity, but it's also woman's role in redemption. You know, because we were accused of being the fall of humanity and, you know, deceived and and whatever you want to call it um, that the Roman culture used to believe in. Jesus came to say, hey, if that's what you're going to believe then I'm going to use a woman to redeem all of humanity.
0: Right. And just that thought at its very essence is so ridiculous. Men and women were created in the image of God. It was right. the image that was deceived, yes. not the sex.
1: Yeah. Yeah, right. definitely. That's definitely. So, uh,
0: so that would lend to say this, right? How about this? So then <laughs> <laughs> we knew we were going to go down a road.
1: I know. <laughs> we, we're going to get that rabbit.
0: So then, right, well, hopefully, we can only hope. Somebody's got to catch it sometime. Right. right. I know. Right. <laughs> So then, an anti-woman spirit is the same as saying it's an anti-Christ spirit.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, I believe it. I mean, as it is in anti-anything humanity, it's an anti-Christ spirit, I think.
0: That's so crazy.
1: Like, if you're not allowing someone to be at a table because of the color of their skin, that's an anti-Christ spirit. Right. Right. Yeah. And so... Gender, everything plays into that. I think, yeah, that's true.
0: Isn't it amazing you could how. Just
1: drop your mic right now, though.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> We've still got time, and I know that if I switch it off now, people would be like, why'd you make that so short? You need
1: it.
0: Yeah. Um, you think you're the only one that gets emails. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how much responsibility we give women in church, all right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, and when I say we, I'm talking about the church global,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but we restrain women from roles of visual authority or visual leadership so women can lead us into worship yeah which is ridiculous if you think about it because mm-hmm. that's actually even more important than the sermon in a sense mm-hmm. because we're going into the throne room we're of ministering the king to
1: God not to people what are I mean,
0: some that's of the, what, what are some is, of the right? other areas Well I mean kids ministry is yeah. a no
1: brainer mm-hmm. and part of Part of the reason is I think that just men don't really want to take the responsibility of that. So they're mm-hmm. okay to give that to women.
0: <laughs> right. I
1: mean, hey, we're not allowed to teach men, but we're teaching boys how to become men. We're allowed to teach boys as women how to become men in kids' church, yet we're not allowed to teach men. I mean
0: Well now we're rolling.
1: A little bit of a now rolling. <laughs> belief right there. That's true. Look, you can run
0: the bookshop
1: you yeah, can run the bookstore totally. like. I think a lot is this of- not
0: enough for you is this not enough for you come on
1: <laughs> and I think I would venture to say I haven't done any research on this but a lot of the intercessory teams for churches that I have seen have been led by women and if yeah. not led by women then the majority of the people in them are women so like we're okay mm. to let women intercede on our behalf and go to war in the heavenly realms yet not stand up and teach a man like they're allowed to command heavenly beings, yeah, but not teach a man. Wow! I just don't get it. I mean, the logic is absurd, right? And I mean, if we're talking about logic, I was just mentioning to you earlier when we were not um, live, but some people will even use the logic of well, if Jesus wanted women, you know, in church leadership, he would have had one in the twelve um, disciples, and I'm like, yeah, but. He had 12 men all from the region of Galilee, all speaking Aramaic, which would lend itself to think if we took that kind of logic that disqualified women because they weren't apostles, then we need to disqualify 99%, if not more of all male preachers period, because they don't speak Aramaic or aren't from Galilee.
0: Right, exactly.
1: I mean, it's just stupid logic like this that we've let play out and let appease our pride to become theology. And I'm like, we just can't base theology on anything but Scripture like because our logic will fail us.
0: And also, I mean, I don't think Jesus came to correct the gender thing. He came to restore the kingdom.
1: Totally. And
0: in that time, and you've got to think about then how far do we go? Listen, Jesus wasn't blonde-haired, blue-eyed, and white.
1: Exactly. So where do you
0: want to go with this? I mean, he came into a particular (laughs) context, a particular time, in that particular culture, and mm-hmm. in that culture, yes, he did need to use men, uh, or else he really wouldn't have been heard. You know how much of a battle it was already. Yeah. You know, so I mean, yeah, it's just it's, it's like you say, stupid logic. Yeah. I hope we're offending yeah. some people. <laughs> I, I mean, I do, I, I do hope we're offending some people. I don't think Jesus was was afraid of, of being offensive I, for the right. I thing. I
1: love Jesus and Paul. I mentioned this as well that like Paul was so sarcastic and he just. I don't know. He was a man after my own heart. I really liked his um the way that he communicated and Yeah. The way he was so controversial and I just I love it. I think he's he's yeah. one of my heroes of the faith, so. I love it too. Yeah.
0: Change gears a little bit. Yeah. What was your personal journey like? I know you said you grew up in a home mm-hmm. where you were always championed to just do what you yeah. are gonna do, you know, irrespective of, of sex. Mm-hmm. But what has your journey been like, stepping into a leadership role, um, even before the Bible Belt, maybe even that yeah. decision of, of uh, going to Bible college, all that, I mean, I know, I know it starts, it's, it's apparent then already.
1: Yes, it is. Well, and I think I was single, I was a young single girl in Bible college. And so I think that, I think it, it was a mistake but I think a lot of young single girls make this mistake is like we are apprehensive to pursue our call because we, marriage is usually like such a big part of our ideal calling or desire. And I don't think it's a wrong desire, but you know, I would always kind of like disqualify myself as a single woman being like, it's not that I couldn't do it or I didn't want to do it, but it was more that like, whatever, I kind of had this in working belief as well that when I, Met my spouse when we figured out what we were going to do. Yes, it was going to be a compromise, probably on both ends, but probably lean more towards his calling and mm-hmm. his, you know, occupation or whatever, what have you. But so that was that was kind of a mistake that I made when I was a young. And I girl. think that's
0: extremely common.
1: Yes, I, I know do. that
0: Rochelle has had a journey through that as well. Yeah. Where I've been like, this this could be seasonal. Like if if God's working in a, a season through you, then I've got yeah. to support you in that time. Yes. Um, and so we do that's so key. we do have to pick up on that
1: yeah, we do, and we don't I don't think we have to discount ourselves if we're not married you know and mm. and I and I came into it again at, um, towards the end of my schooling I through my internship, I ended up uh, not getting an internship spot be, that I really wanted because it was I was single and the mentor was a single man, and didn't feel like that would be appropriate, which I, I wasn't. I I wasn't even thinking of it from that standpoint at all. And so that was like a big thing that I had to get over. Like I couldn't pursue the type of ministry that I wanted to and learn from someone who I respected because they would, they were going to have trouble mentoring me because I was a single girl and they were a single man. And so that was, I, I kind of got mad at that, but, but at the same time, I got mad, but now that I'm a little bit older and a little bit wiser, I do understand it. And and if that was going to be a struggle for him, then I totally respect that and I honor the decision that he made. But it was a, it was an issue, and you know, some I had a lot of girls come up to me um, during our time of leading BAM, where we were pastoring um, some really powerful women and men, uh, some single women, and I had I had three or four come up to me, single women, and just say thank you. Um, and just said, like, I've always been treated as the single woman who could be a threat to the husband right. during ministry. And, and you've never seen me as a threat and you've, you've allowed me to meet with your husband and be mentored by your husband without insecurity. And I will say like that even was a challenge. Like that was something that I had to get over, like I don't operate the same way that my husband does. And so sometimes like this little insecurity bubble would come up when I saw a woman who ministered exactly the same as he did. And they were like in this synergy thing, in this spirit, and I was like, Oh gosh, like I don't I don't think this is healthy. But a lot of that was my own insecurities as yeah, a woman. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you know what? Like I gotta kinda put my money where my mouth is as well. And if I believe in gender equality, then I should believe that a woman can be mentored by Anyone who, A, they want to be mentored and the mentor wants to mentor them. Mm. And so, you know, that was something that early on in my marriage I kind of had to deal with. But it wasn't a big issue because I had dealt with that when I was a single woman. And so I came to it with a very different lens. And so I'm thankful for that now. But it did take me a little bit of kind of getting used to, if you will.
0: Yeah. So that was a little bit
1: about my journey. And then obviously, like I mentioned, just coming to the South and having those comments more than anything. And I've sat in board meetings where I've been the only woman and, you know, we're praying and they're like, bless my brothers in Christ. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever. Like it's not coming out of a malicious place. And I think that at the end of the day, I would say that 99% of the men who hold this conviction, it's not out of a place of them trying to be malicious or them trying right. to have evil intent towards women. It's just what they've grown up with. It's just what they've believed. And I believe mis- mistaken the scriptures, um, but I don't blame them, but do I want them to look from a different perspective? Right. Yes.
0: Right, and one of the th- one of the plumb lines that we have, the um, friend and I that do a, a podcast, uh, not a Bethel Austin thing, but our own thing is to address the model and not yeah, the man. Yeah. And so I think that's so important in this. Understand that you're not out to address male leaders.
1: No. You're out
0: to address the model of this thing because yeah. that is where the sustainable change yes. lies.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. so true.
0: Yeah. Um shift gears one more time here. After the fact, I mean you've yeah. preached this message had a couple of days to think about it mm-hmm. um you know you've avoided the sticky emails some <laughs> other emails there's some encouragement what after the fact is there anything you'd like to add or something that you've that you've realized um that has come out come to light after after your message i know there's probably like mm-hmm. six hours you'd like to right. add but, uh, but but what are some of the little uh, little knickknacks that um that have transpired over the last couple of days?
1: Well, I think, you know, I went back and listened to the message and I always do and I take notes on myself and what I could do better or if I were to present that again in the future, what I would do differently. Um, There's a couple of different things. Again, like I I don't even have my Bible in front of me to kind of get into the context of some things, but I would have rounded out some of the um, examples that I used for the scripture references, like um, when I started talking about the Emotion that was written in the Greek as like an N with a double apostrophe on top of it, how it was like that, no way, nonsense, what kind of of emotion. Um, I would have gone into a little bit more detail on the examples that I used and like how the use of that language, we wouldn't question it because of the scriptures. Like they were so absurd. One of them is saying like, you know, were you baptized by Paul, like into Paul? Did Paul die for you? And like, of course he didn't. Like, of course he didn't. So this is just the style of writing that we have to know that Paul, Paul uses like a paragraph that was a cultural truth and that what people were saying at the time, that like they were being baptized into Paul. And then at the end of those, he's going into that, of course they didn't. Like, so I would have rounded that out a little bit more and given some more shape to those sort of scriptures to make them a, a little bit more applicable. I think it came across okay. Yeah, Um, no, it
0: came across. It came across. But I'll tell you, now that I hear you say that, now I sure speak for everybody who I say, I look forward to part two. (laughs) (laughs) I look forward to part two.
1: You know, the cool thing is we're sitting in my office right now, and I have my sermon notes up on my big whiteboard. That's Mm kind of how I do it. And I've had, I don't even know who it is, but someone's come in and like added uh, fuel to my argument, like with scriptures. And I'm like, I don't even know who, who added that, but that's awesome. And I actually... um. I've been so overwhelmed with the response. Like I've had so many men even like comment or write me on Facebook or email and say, Hey, did you know this? Or did you know that? And like giving me more fuel for for the argument. And I'm like, I love it. So it's been, it's been a very humbling experience. And so I'm so thankful for the way that it was received. And, um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Part two, three, Very four, happy. all on the way. <laughs> and I'll just honor Joaquin as well. I loved how he just honored you straight up. You hadn't even preached yet. He stood up. He said, I agree with everything. <laughs> and that's a brave statement to make <laughs> yeah. when Renee Evans is about to step it's, on the it's stage.
1: True. He can be <laughs> nervous sometimes when I get up there. But no, I mean, honestly, like...
0: I think he is I the least nervous this week. Yeah. Well,
1: he's the greatest <laughs> like role model I have in this area. Like, he... Like I don't just say it, but he he really is such a champion of women and I, I mentioned it before he doesn't he doesn't care if someone's a woman or a man. he cares if they have the gift of God on their life and they carry the anointing and they have a friendship with god and and if they do everyone's fair game in his in his right. eyes. so I love that, how he empowers women. he he does it at home um, so well, but he does it in the church always. And I just, you know, he'll even correct my daughter sometimes. Like if she's like, you know, daddy, you're the pastor of Bethel Austin. He's like, and Mummy, you know, like, and so yeah. he does wow. it in our everyday life. It's not just um, at mm. a work, you know, or from the stage. So I'm, I'm so thankful for him. So, really
0: great. so great. All right, last one. The single, and this is hard. This is hard to get oh, this gosh. down. This is hard to get this to one thing. What's the single big idea or practicality that you want? Let's, let's do this in two part, that you want women mm-hmm. and that you want men to take away from this week.
1: Uh, okay, for the men, I would, I would just say it's, a, it's just a call and I just ask you that even if you don't recognize that this is an issue, believe us women when we say that it is because you don't often see it if you're not in it. Um, and so please just don't think it doesn't happen because you don't see it. Like it, it happens and it's, it's prevalent. Um, and so please just recognize that it's happening. You know, even if you don't feel like you have a dog in this fight and you don't want to go to the front lines for this, that's okay because we're not all called to fight every fight. But please don't pretend that it's not happening. And if you see it, like, let's do something about it. You know? and,
0: yeah, and I think as a man, if you see it, you're it's, obliged yeah. to educate yourself
1: about it. Yeah, and if and not for something. your wives, then for your daughters, right? You know, and and for the women, like uh, I mentioned, it. One thing I did say, which I would I would kind of say a little bit differently, I said, "Let's get healed so that God can use us, and let's get free so that God can use us." I don't want that to come across as if we have some level of brokenness or things that haven't been healed, then God won't use us. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm yep. I'm trying to say. But I am trying to say that He can, if if we really go after freedom in this area and not bring offense into the next season of life, yeah. then um, or t- to leaders who never did anything to us, and I and I think I can almost sp- speak for every senior leader there is of a church is part of the biggest issues we face as people coming to church wounded from their past church experiences oh yeah And, and we and we know that that happens and we're okay with that happening and we are dedicated and committed to walking people through a journey but let's like really let's find out where those hurts came in and 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 not put them on people who didn't cause them because there's a whole bunch of people out there there's a there are thousands of churches who believe in women in ministry and do such an incredible job at promoting women in ministry. So for the ones that don't, let's not let's not carry that across to the ones that do. You know, and I, I do I really have hope in this area. Like I think we're doing such a great job. I think we're evolving so much in this area. And I think I have a lot I just have a ton of hope for the church. I love the church. I think she's beautiful, even though she's flawed. And I think that We're just going from glory to glory. So I'm excited to see what God does with this.
0: We'll just say that the church is a she. And we'll (laughs) leave it there. We'll leave it there.
1: she. No, I
0: don't
1: know. He, she, whatever the church I know. is. I the Bride of Christ.
0: The Bride is. of Christ. I've she. just always said she because of the she.
1: bride reference. No, I,
0: I, I wasn't being facetious at all. I was uh. being deadly honest. Yeah, absolutely. I was well, being facetious to those that needed me to be facetious. <laughs> well, thanks, Renee. Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate Thank
1: it. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Remember that um, you can get more out of our journey together, guys, by visiting BethelATX.com. We appreciate you listening to the Revival Recap. Remember that the whole point is for you to take truths and practicalities and instill them into your lives. So don't let this be just another message or just another interview, but actually look for a space for God to move in and through you in this area. You can also grab one of our uh, Connect coaches on a Saturday night, shake them around a bit, and they'll point you in the right direction if you need help with absolutely anything. Till next time, see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Revival Recap. For more of our podcasts and other resources, visit BethelATX.com.